the latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider, brought to you by the Hyundai A-League. Be part of the action this season. Welcome to 442 Insider Podcast. My name is Aidan Ormond. I'm the editor of 442 Magazine. Joining me, as always, is Kevin Ayres, the online editor of 442. A bit sweaty today. Hello, Kevin. And special guest, W League Grand Final winner, Chloe Lagazzo. Welcome, Chloe. Thank you. Lovely to have you on board. We're going to talk about the W League Grand Final. Of course, it's been a massive week for the W League uh, and, of course, lots of A League. And how are you feeling, um, is it three days after the grand final? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty sore and bruised up, but that's okay. I noticed you got a coffee there. Yes, um, I do. So, uh, yeah, how's the last few days been for you guys? Um, amazing. I don't know how to explain it. Winning the grand final has just been overwhelming. Like, um, getting heaps of recognition and stuff like that, so it's been pretty great. Lots of media coverage as well. We yeah. were just talking about Sammy Kerr being on the back page of the Sydney Morning Herald doing her uh, somersault. Yeah, she's flipping out. Yeah? <laughs> Have you spoken to uh, many of the girls since the grand final in terms of how they're all coping with this extra sort of attention? Um, not really. I've talked to a few of the younger girls and they're kind of overwhelmed with how much attention they're getting and so am I. But um, all the older girls should be used to it with all the Matildas and all that. So. Mm. And you had a cracking game, uh, you and Catley. Uh, oh, thank a right, you. a right ding dong battle you two had. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Well, look, we'll talk about the um, we'll talk about the W League in a second. We'll we'll start with the A League in part one, and we're just going to have a review of what happened over the weekend. Another huge weekend in the A League. Um, and Kev, uh, it started on. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Friday night, uh, Cosy's last game. We'll get to Cosy in a second. Um, Central Coast Mariners, the coach yeah. killers. Yeah, um, just another, just another victory for Central Coast. It seemed it could have been six or seven one at one point, but uh, the Mariners ticking along very nicely. Um, Fifty-three percent possession, forty-seven uh, percent to Adelaide, three-one. Um, your thoughts on the game? Mitchell Duke stepping up. Yes, Duke. Mitchell Duke Piero, as I called him, uh, and a couple of very nice. Uh, Piero-esque shots on goal. Mm. Uh, nice little sidestep, drop the shoulder, long shot from outside the box, back of the net. Nice mm. one. Uh, no, just goes to show Mariners uh, just got a good production line going of new stars coming through. The Youth Academy turning up trumps again, um, presuming that Mitchell is a, a product of that. I think he is a product of the youth team. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, Adelaide... Had a chance to, you know, really tighten the, uh, the, the at the top of the the league, but just not up to the the task, unfortunately. And it's all all falling apart for them quite badly. Mm. Uh, it wasn't just a case of not taking top spot for them; it was uh, they ended up slipping back to fourth fourth place. Can't say that I saw Cosmina resigning or uh, getting the arse as a result of that mm. game, but. That's the way football goes sometimes. It just throws up the unpredicted. unpredictable. Chloe, I mean, you know, we'll talk about Cosy in a second, but, you know, as a player, you know, when coaches do quit, you know, what goes on in the dressing room is there's obviously a few people in teams who are happy that the coach quits and some yeah. are not happy. How do you, as a player, how do you sort of cope with that situation? Well, I've never had a coach quit on me, but some of the girls have, and I don't know how people would react to it. Mm. You know, your coach is like... The main, the main person, and yeah. having him walk out or him just leave is a massive devastation to the team. Mm. So, as a player, you would kind of just be 
like let down by a coach and wouldn't know really where to go. Mm. Well, there you go, Cosy. If you're listening, Chloe's just told you <laughs> you've let the team down. Um, but looking at the stats, though, um, I mean, attempts on target nine to three in favour of Mariners. Attempts off target fourteen to two. I mean, at one point this game looked like it could have been uh, another seven two. Oh yeah, I mean Adelaide were barely in the, the competition at all for this one. Mariners were uh, railroading them. Uh, and I think, you know, it's a reflection of the way the season's gone. The Mariners are dominant and completely in control of their own destiny. Uh, any fears that uh, they were going to struggle with the absence of Rogic completely uh, unfounded. Uh, when uh, they can bring players through like Mitchell Duke who can just step up and start scoring goals for them. Yeah. Uh, ironically, McBreen was the... the uh, my man McBrinovic uh, was the, the weak point. Zlatan McBrinovic, as he's been nicknamed by 442 Chloe, <laughs> just to let you know. So there's Zlatan McBrinovic, and now what's Duke? Uh, Duke Piero. Duke Piero, there you Mich- go. That's Mitchell a- Piero. <laughs> um, but yeah, a uh, high highlight for uh, Adelaide was obviously uh, Galakovic's uh, penalty save. Mm. That was sensational. What a fantastic guess of the direction and then complete reach. Perfectly strong hands to mm. palm it away. Fantastic. It's great to see that by a keeper as well. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and you'd have to say he's, he's, he's been probably arguably the best keeper in the A-League. Well, I mean, what I, a, I mean I, he's good enough. For me, he's good enough to play overseas. Mm. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. But, I mean, we had three uh, supreme performances again. Matt Ryan, as always, puts on yeah. puts in a pretty flawless performance. But then Antti Kovic did exactly the same as Galekovic uh, mm. in their match as well. Another mm. crucial uh, penalty save mm. as well. So it's, Three superb goalkeepers in the, mm. the A-League at the moment. Absolutely. Well, Saturday was a huge day in the A-League. Uh, Chloe and I know you probably were in Melbourne on that day, I yes. think. Um, yes, I was. So you, were, you might have seen the first game on Saturday, which was the big one, the big blue. Yeah. Did, you, did you go to it? Oh, no, we couldn't actually get tickets. The Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> That's unbelievable. Chloe, please, you're joking. You no, are joking. I'm not joking. We couldn't actually get tickets. The game was sold out. <laughs> So Hold on, Djokovic got in. Yeah, we, well, our captain and uh, a few of our players got, got in, but our team as a whole wasn't allowed in because we just couldn't fit. That's unbelievable. <laughs> that's, no, that's a proper FFA, can you sort, sort this out? I mean, you know, grand final teams should be allowed to sit somewhere <laughs> in the crowd. I mean, even in the members area. Anyway, that aside, so you watched it on TV at a yeah. pub or somewhere? I don't Our know. Our team just sat in the hotel room and just watched it together. Yeah, the glamour of the WLA. Oh, yeah, eh? it's so brilliant, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> but what a game. Um, even if you weren't there. Yeah, um... Got pretty intense in our hotel room, not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously Sydney FC, uh, the weekend it was all about the Big Blue and and what Steph Brand's called the Big Blueette the next day. (laughs) Um, Kev, are we seeing victory now as a genuine force in in terms of a title or or at least top two? No, no, no. I think they can can make the run at uh, the title itself. I think Mm -hmm. it's going to be neck and neck by the end of the season. between them and the Mariners, uh, and pretty much they are the only two that are in it. I mm. think Wanderers will also be up there, but uh, in terms of actual title contention, I would put it down to those two. Mm. Fouls committed, Sydney 27, um, victory 17. It was a pretty niggly game. Well, to, there was to, a lot of there was a lot of bite in there. Yeah, to be honest, I thought it was more. Of, it was Craig, yeah, Crispy being a bit whistle happy. To be honest, he uh, was really. Yeah, I mean, you were never getting the game flowing at yeah. all as a result. Especially uh, towards the end of the game, oh, when absolutely. Sydney was just getting so frustrated. Yeah. He just seemed to just keep rolling on with the whistle, mm. especially yeah. fouls against Sydney. Mm. You know, uh, 
it wasn't a dirty game by any manner of means. It wasn't a two red card game. Yeah. The red cards were justified yeah. in the sense of second yellows. I'm not. I don't think anybody could really argue they with them. They were definitely worth like two yellows and a red. Mm. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but having said that, Beath needed to to let the game flow a bit yeah. more and not mm. blow the whistle nearly so much and just let players get on with it. Uh, but I, I think it went both ways as well. I mean, Sydney did get key decisions on the edge of the box that you know gave Del Piero a chance a shot and go yeah he wasn't able to convert them uh, and unfortunately you know they needed him to be able to convert those chances to to have a to be in contention at all but to be honest victory were dominating throughout mm. and it was always going to be their mm. their result I thought you can't deny that yeah to be fair though I think you know you look at the 3-1 scoreline and, and it could have been 3-2 if Griffiths had yeah. scored that second chance that he had yeah. I mean th- 3-2 you know, it's, it, it, I know that victory were dominant, but on on the actual, you know, on the actual day, it could have been a lot closer. Oh, look, you know, victory were still one 0 I think it was up close to the hour mark or just after the hour yeah. mark that we were still only winning one 0 and Sydney were very much in it. And then Marco Rojas stepped up and uh, finished it off, mm. uh, and uh, that was a, a really impressive performance by him. I thought mm. if the uh, if victory still have hold of him by the end of the season, I'd be very, very surprised. Well, I noticed you've got Twitter on there, Kev, and Kev keeps us updated on Twitter very much, and if the Rojas deal goes through, we'll let you know first here. Chloe, just watching that game, Rojas, um, you know, he impresses everyone, obviously I would imagine he impresses you too, I mean, what are your thoughts on on that sort of player? Similar player to you in a way, he loves to run at defenders? Yeah, well, I kind of look up to him as a player because he does play very similar to me, so yeah, I just try to watch him, see what he does. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I mean, you know, he's got the pressure of supposedly. I think somebody said Juventus team, uh, scouts watching him. Was that Del Piero watching oh, him? Oh wow! Um, but either way, I mean, how do you how do you as a player deal with the pressure of knowing that everyone's watching you? Well, you you kind of have to deal with it in your own way. But my coach said there shouldn't be really much pressure on you as a player because if you're prepared, you shouldn't be under pressure. Mm. It's like as he says, you go into an exam that you haven't studied for, you're, you're stressed out mm. and you know you're going to fail. Like if you're prepared for it, you're not going to be stressed out and I think that's what I was like in the grand final. So yeah. no yeah, fears, absolutely. no nothing. I have to say with uh, Rojas, despite the fact that Liverpool and Juventus were supposed to be in the stands watching him, he just played his normal game. Mm. Exactly, you know, that's he, what you've got to do. Exactly, mm. yeah. Because yeah. uh, if you start playing different then your game's going to change and they're not going to see who you actually are as a player. That's right. And uh, the danger of trying too hard is immense, I think. Mm. Uh, You just got to go out there and think it's just another game, which Mm. it is. Mm. Yeah. And for for listeners, uh, I should say that I chatted with Marco during the week before the game. Um, and it's going to be in the next issue of 442 magazine, the Kiwi Messi, as he's now called. Um, and he, we did, he did actually have a bit of a laugh about the whole Kiwi Messi <laughs> tag, saying, oh, well, I think it's because we've got, we've got similar haircuts. You know? So he's very downplaying of that. But um, coming up in the next issue of 442, Marco Rojas spills all about his time as a 14-year-old in Germany. Very interesting. Well, yeah. I don't know that. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. See, you see, that's the thing about an, a good interview. I, I, should, I should read the magazine and find out all about that. Yeah. When's it out? Ah, I don't know. It could be out in February 13, I think. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, the next that one. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. right. Chloe, I know that you've got a few copies there. So, yes. um, uh, great to see the magazine doing so well. But um, even better for me was the game after, I thought, which is Western Sydney Wanderers versus Melbourne Heart. I don't know whether you guys got to see the game, but no. uh, I sat in the uh, RBB to watch this oh, game. Wow. 
And I had a, another fantastic night of, uh, what's the word, just being a football fan. Did you let off a firework? I didn't let off a firework. <laughs> Are you sure? I left the flares at home. I'm only joking. But um, another amazing night in the history of Western Sydney Wanderers. I mean, mm. nearly 15,000 fans there. I've never, ever seen so many shirts in Parramatta wandering around the place. Wanderers have a very big fan base. And you played against them not, not too long ago in yeah. the W League. Tell and What was it like having the RBB oh, supporting wow. against you? Against <laughs> us, yeah. We had the RBB come down. A few of the members come down. Um, and sit behind our our goal as the cove, and it was just outrageous. Like they set off flares. It was quite amazing actually having. I think that's an the first time the W League has had flares as first well. First time, and it didn't just have one flare; yeah. it had ten. Yeah. So ten. that was very interesting. As a player, how do you cope with flares? I mean, do you feel it? Yeah. I mean, do you, do you yeah, struggle with it? It's so bad. Like the the smell, <laughs> the smoke. They didn't really do it at a good time because they set it off when their keeper was down in the goal. Mm. So all the smoke went into their keeper and blocked their keeper's view. So it wasn't really that smart. But I think if you lighten on a flare in a total fireband day, yeah. you're not really that smart exactly. to begin with. So yeah, yes. you're working off a low base probably. <laughs> exactly. But um, what a night. Um, you know, to go down to 10 men Mel, uh, against Melbourne Heart. And, and, and to me, there was only ever one team that's going to win this game. I don't know whether you guys were allowed to watch this game, given the preparations for the big game on Sunday. But yeah. for me, watching it, you know, I, 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 I believed like the players that they would win this game. Kev? Well, I, I, I did before the game started, but uh, when they went down to 10 men so early in the game, uh, I kind of thought if they can hold on for a draw, they've done well here. Uh, but to actually still win, mm. I think it's just testament to their season. Mm. It, it sums up their season uh, in one match. I think you know uh, the uh, the battlers, the, the genuine real battlers and mm. skill. You would never ever have known that they were ten men. Mm. I mean, throughout the entire match, they played mm. as they normally do, strong, uh, and it's just. And also, you know, Popovich's decision to take Moy off. Yeah, I was going to ask you about I that. Mean, Kev. I mean, it would have been the last player I would have taken off, mm. but it worked for them. Mm. Uh, I would. I was kind of surprised mm. and shocked when he did that. Look, I, I, at that point in, in the game, I was actually about 15 meters from the bench, and I had a perfect view of Moy's face as he was taken off, and he looked heartbroken. Mm. Like he he just looked completely devastated. As a player, when you're taken off like that, and there was literally the crowd literally went <gasps> when the number came up. There was such shock. But how do you you know when you get subbed off and you truly believe you shouldn't be subbed off? How do you react to it as a player? I Chloe? think you just have to have faith in your coach and what his thoughts are mm. of taking you off. You can't really I don't know go against your coach, but. Sometimes you are heartbroken getting taken off, especially in a game that you're so passionate about Mm. and having 10 men and getting taken off. Mm. You just want to go out there and prove to them like you should be on the park and Mm. everything. So, I don't know. You just have to have faith in your coach and what he's doing and will it work for the Wanderers? Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you say faith, it it, it did work. I didn't think it would work at the time because I thought it was an absolute... Catastrophe, but well, yeah, as you say, it worked out in the end. So Moy is a game changer. You know, he, yeah. he, he's the kind of guy who you would think would be the match winner for you, uh, who would create the opportunities mm. that would still manage to pull something out of mm. the bag. But but uh, I just, I knows just, what he's doing. He does. Uh, in Popper we trust, and uh, I got to say, I enjoyed every minute of that game and being in the crowd and just yelling and screaming like the RBB <laughs> do. 
Um, it, it's it's what football's about for me. You know, football's about passion. It's about emotion. It's not about sitting there like at the cricket and watching, you know, six hours of cricket or you know, it's it's different. Yeah. Um, but hey, I might be biased. And so, of course, uh, we got to see uh, Vinnie Grella's uh, blink and you miss it A League career. Yes, Vinnie Grella, Vincenzo Grella's final game as a player, and uh, I should say, uh, in the first sixty seconds, it was old Vinnie. You know, he clipped Hersey with a little bit of a clip, and then he got into a set two with Topper Stanley. He put himself about for that last game that we ever saw him it, play. It, it was his career in. in you could say so, yeah, yeah. All that was missing was a red card. Yeah, well, actually, I would love to have had a red card. Um, yeah, he, he did seem a little lost in that midfield for some reason. He just didn't seem to be... But, I mean, this is a player who's never played for the club before until today. So 18 months, day. virtually, uh, yeah. out of the game entirely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we'll talk about Vin- Vince's retirement in a second. Um, but looking at the stats, um, possession was fairly even, but... Uh, Western Sydney Wanderers, uh, total attempts 27 to Melbourne Hearts 10, um, of which 19 were off target for uh, Western Sydney Wanderers, probably many of those being Dino Kresinger. Um, uh, but look, he's still a fan favourite in an ironic sort of a way. Uh, and as a striker, Chloe, you know, it must be difficult when you're not hitting the target yeah. and the fans are getting on your back. Very frustrating. You know, but Dino's... You know, I think he's he's taking it in good grace. I think there's a Azrilla-esque type element to oh, the, the fan there. following. Let's um, but what a night for Western Sydney Wanderers! Up to I think they're up to third now. Uh, is that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, I don't have the ladder with me right now, but uh, the final game on Saturday was Perth Glory um, at home to Brisbane Raw, and Perth. I don't know what's going on there, Kev, but uh, it's all going pear-shaped in the West. Mm. One nil lost to um, a, you know not not a bad Brisbane Raw, um, decent goal, um, and Brisbane are suddenly talking about you know being able to repeat their their pre their last two seasons as champions. I don't, I'm not sure about that, but they are back in the uh, the back in the hunt to a degree. Your thoughts on how far Perth have gone in terms of the slide down? No, I think it's shocking. Uh, I mean, you know, they've had a, a few injuries, key injuries to smelts especially, uh, which is why they've not been getting the goals that they perhaps hoped they might. Mm. But, I mean, I just don't understand what Ferg is doing with his squad. Uh, I mean, he's, Paris seem to be going through the same kind of crisis Adelaide have been through. You know, good players on the way out. Smelt seems to be a question mark over whether he's going to see out the season as well. Um, and getting rid Bass of Vandenbrink uh, is, you know, it's baffling to me. These are great players. Uh, they've got this Argentinian on the sidelines, Cordoba, uh, waiting presumably till Vandenbrink had gone to clear the the uh, the salary cap space for him, uh, presumably before they can sign him. Uh, so he'll come in and might make a difference. But, I mean, they're overladen with attacking midfielders, I would say, with Liam Miller and McGarry and now there's mm. Cordoba. Um, I think what they're lacking, clearly, is a striker to assist Smelts, mm. especially if Smelts goes. Mm. Um, Chloe, I mean, have you been... You played in Perth, obviously, as a, you know, in the W League. Yeah, during um, the year. You know, how difficult is it as a player? We've asked players often about this. How difficult is it to go over there and play well, uh, and get a result? Well, when we went over to Perth, it was very difficult knowing that, like, the weather. Like, we went through a period of our time in our W League where it was just hitting, like, high 30s, yeah. 40s. And, and you don't play there. in evenings as well, no, do you? No, we don't. We play during, yeah. <laughs> during like... You're hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> you lot are hardcore. <laughs> during the day. So, yeah. like, the hottest part of the day. So, like, 3 o'clock Let's and stuff like that. Let's play football in the hottest part of the day. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. They, yeah. Like, yeah. they yeah. like to challenge us. Yeah. But um, um, it's hard to go get a win over in Perth. I don't know. It's just yeah. 
It's always difficult. Yeah. Um, but look, uh, you know, it was Brisbane Raw. I mean, the, it's hard to get a handle on how Mike Mulvey has done because you know he wasn't coaching the W League. He's yeah. moved across, obviously, to to, to Brisbane, and uh, um, a good result for them. But is it a convincing result? No, I don't think it is. I mean, it's it's. Uh it keeps them in contention for the bottom end of the, the top six, but, uh, you know, they're not going to be title contenders in any way, shape or form, no. There is a huge, huge gap emerging between the top four <laughs> and top six. Uh, Somebody's phone's just gone off. That's uh, what's going on in the background. Kevin, you were saying? Uh, yeah, no, there's a huge gulf between the top four and the, the rest. Uh, in fact, between the top three and the mm. rest, to be honest. Uh, in terms of actual football being played. Uh, but fifth and sixth spot, because of the strange final system we have in this country, are open up for grabs mm. and somebody's got to get them. Mm. And it's going to be the, the battle of the least crap, I think, at this mm. stage. <laughs> and you look, you know, they could still do it. Once you're in the finals, anything can happen. Oh, absolutely, yeah. especially with the new setup. Yeah. Um, but. Roar have got the new striker coming in, the Dutch striker Nieland. We don't have Stephanie Branson in the studio to help us with the Dutch pronunciation, but uh, yeah, I'm, he's I'm on just, loan from PSV, I believe. Yes, uh, and I'm just going to say that it is called he is called Nieland, and yeah. that's how to pronounce it. I think so. as of today. Yeah, as of today. <laughs> yeah, Nieland. <laughs> Nieland. Yeah. Um, so he may make the difference. Uh, they obviously need someone to work with Borussia, mm. <clears throat> but whether or not we lo- they lose any more players mm. remains to be seen. Mm. Um, and a small crowd as well in Perth, which is a little bit puzzling. Um, well, no, apparently it's Australia Day fireworks, which are a big thing in Perth. 400,000 go to that, and anything that tries to compete with it is onto uh, well, the plums, basically. Perhaps he shouldn't be playing an A-League game while the fireworks are I would say that's yeah. definitely... And I should say the fireworks went off during the Western Sydney Wanderers game as well, and I completely silenced the crowd for 10 minutes, so... Was that not the crowd? No, that was actually fireworks. Yeah. Oh, was that external yeah. fireworks? That's right, yes. Oh, right, I thought it was you. Yeah, no, I no. thought it was the RBB. No, no, it wasn't yeah. the RBB. It's the RBB what actually just... <laughs> <but everybody, laughs> the RBB actually just watched for 10 minutes. The whole game just, just went down. But anyway... So has Parramatta City Council been banned by the FFA yet? Uh, for illegal flares and I think, fireworks? I think we should pursue that on I think online. we should. Yeah, yeah. we'll pursue that online. In meanwhile, we'll just finish off the A-League round last weekend with a dour game in Wellington. Ooh, this was a tough one. Um, 1-1. Uh, Wellington at home to Newcastle Jets. Emil Heskey. Back on the score sheet. Eight goals a season. Our favourite man. Who uh, actually will be in the next issue of 4 for 2 as well. Yes. Gentleman. Uh, He's a gentleman. He's a scholar. Um, Big book. He's a big guy as well. He's a warrior. If you play against Emil Heskey, you know you're in a battle. He is big. Well, I'm small, so yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just just to give, just in case you don't know the Chloe Legasa, so she's she's sort of like a a Robbie Perez kind of esque winger, striker. You know, not the biggest... Without the height. Yes. Well, <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah. But um, <laughs> Hesse scored, um, and Louis Fenton, I think, scored for Wellington as well. He correct did. If I'm yeah. wrong. Uh, yeah. A great young player as well. He could be the next Kiwi Messi. He could. Um, but a very... Uh, I don't know. What's the word? There's a word, but I can't use it. It was suicidal, <laughs> yeah. inducing virtually... Yeah. I was Look, it was a tough game. to open a vein watching it. Yeah. Uh, Newcastle... Um, had more possession, but attempts on target was very small. It was um, 12 each, basically. Uh, I'm surprised there was that uh, many. Yeah, uh, it was 12 each. Um, attempts off target were the main numbers, seven off target for Wellington, eight off target for, for the Jets. 
I guess Newcastle would be happy with a, a point in Wellington. Lucky you guys don't have to go to Wellington because um, it's a, I know. It's, a, it's, a, it's a tough trip over there. But, Kev, um, did you see anything from the Jets that suggests they could be a top six, one of those two five and six spots? Oh, there? look, you know, going over to uh, a Westpac for the Jets, it's always been uh, a tricky journey for them. They've mm. never had any joy there at all, virtually. Uh, so for them to come back with a 1-1 draw, I think they'd, mm. they'd probably be happier based on previous experience. Based on Phoenix's form up to now, they probably were hoping for three points. Mm. But uh, to see Heskey scoring, mm. come back with a point, I think that's going to be at least a partial success for them. Mm. I think from Phoenix's point of view, they've uh, at least stemmed the tide mm. of lost points. And, and uh, they come in on the back of a 7-1 thrashing from Del Piero the previous week. So you want to, as a player, you want to make sure that it doesn't happen again. Yeah, Corey, sorry, I, mean. I can't wipe the grin off my face. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. So you were there? I watched you saw it. that game? Yeah. yeah, it was a heck of a game, yeah. Um, <laughs> obviously a mad Sydney FC fan. We'll talk about Chloe's devotion to Sydney FC later, but um, I think the good thing for Wellington is that it wasn't as crap as the previous week. They actually showed a little bit of fight, which they should. I think it was a, more of a return to the uh, the Phoenix that you know, we, we've known for the best part of six years. Yeah. And the backstory to this is that the club has said to Ricky, the coach, you know, we want you to play a more expansive game. He's done that and they've got absolutely hammered. I think there was they weren't doing anything wrong before. So, Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, they were I solid th- before. I think Phoenix ownership has a, had a, learnt a lesson that you don't try and change direction in the middle of a, a and season. You don't hate cats as well. It's a bizarre you, story. Exactly. I'm not impressed. This is a bizarre story, Clary. Gareth Morgan wants to get all kill all cats in New Zealand. Oh wow! So that's a new one. Mm. Yeah. Why yeah. cats? Yeah. They eat birds apparently. Yeah. And oh. I think somebody should tell him that the phoenix was a mythical bird. It doesn't exist. Mm. And also, I mean, they've just signed a Saka Cernak as well. So um, I, I think he might own a cat as well. So I don't know how yeah. that's going to oh, really? play in the contract. He might. He might not. I'm not <laughs> sure. But will he get a visa for the cat? Might have to leave the cat at home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But look, a point. um, I think both sides probably would have been happy with a point in the end. Yep. So that's it. That's the roundup of um, last weekend's A-League. We'll be back in a second with part two where we'll discuss some of the stories on 442's website, au.442.com. The new issue of 442 is on sale now, featuring a world-exclusive one-on-one interview with Man United's Rio Ferdinand. We catch up with high-flying soccero Brett Holman and Western Sydney's marquee man Shinji Ono. Our secret interviews and player poll lifts the lid on what UK professional football is really all about. And get ready for your new season with 442 Performance's pre-season training guide. If you love football, you love 442. Buy it today at the App Store, Google Play, Zinni or your local news agent. You know business could be better. You know you need more skills, but you also know you haven't got time to learn those skills. Go to workshops or listen to webinars. Don't stress. Listen to Business Success Radio for all the latest ideas to make your business a success. Get your business on track with the right advice from dozens of Australia's leading business experts in your office, your car or on your phone. Go to businesssuccessradio.com.au and click the Listen Live button. Business Success Radio. Your business, your radio. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Welcome to part two of the 442 Insider podcast. My name's Aidan Ormond. I'm joined by Chloe Legazzo from Sydney FC, the grand final winning Chloe Legazzo, uh, and Kevin Ayres, uh, online editor of 442. And we're just going to have a look at some of the stories uh, making news on au.442.com and we were just talking in the break about Aziz Behic, who's 
rise to, uh, I guess you say, be, becoming an overseas footballer is now taking place. He's uh, exiting heart for Buruspor um, in Turkey. Sorry, uh, can we... Buruspor. That's how you pronounce it, is it? Uh, well, how do you pronounce it? <laughs> I, I have no idea. I just said Bursaspor and you never corrected me. Uh, it could be Bursaspor, yes. It could be Bursaspor. In fact, I think you might be right. It is Bursaspor. <laughs> um, apologies to Turkish fans, but... Aziz is off. Uh, it's been a meteoric rise for this player. He was playing state league football a few years ago and uh, done great things at heart. Got into the national team and now he's playing at Bursaspor. And potentially, as you were saying in the break, Kev, could be coached by a very interesting character. Yeah, well, rumour has it that uh, Diego Maradona could be the new coach of Bursaspor by the end of the day. So, mm. yes, he could be getting off the plane being met by a small squat Argentinian. We'll give him a big hug. Yeah. Yeah, as he and does. Hopefully not a line of coke. That's right. <laughs> Do we have legal on that? Um, <laughs> Chloe, I believe that you're a huge Maradona fan. And, and, I am. You know, your estimation, I mean, your estimation was high before, but it's yeah. just gone through the roof now. I understand you have some Maradona memorabilia at uh, La Casa Logazzo. <laughs> yeah, I do at my house. I, I am from an Italian background, so being raised to be brought up watching him and watching mm. his old videos and mm. just following him in his footsteps, he's a great player. And, and Napoli fan as well, I, yeah, I heard exactly. you saying before, yep. which is great. But as is... Um, uh, a great story, really. I mean, this is a player who's come from sort of nowhere, really. Mm. Um, he joined Victory, um, famously missed an absolute sitter in the 2010 Grand Final, um, and the Victory fans have never let him forget never that. Never forgiven him. Never nope. forgiven that. And look, to be fair, it was a sitter, but um, he's made... You know, he's made a really good career at Melbourne Heart. I think he's benefited from the coaching that he's had. He's in the national team now, mm. and he could solve the left-back crisis for the for the national team, given that David Carney is, well, I don't know where he is. We actually put out a call on Twitter. We were going to put up some posters and lampposts around uh, the world to try and find him because he has disappeared off the radar. Mm. Went to Iran, never came back, mm. oh, Wow. we yeah. think. Interpol, we'll let you know. Yeah. Um, but as is, uh, Kev, um, you know, is he the sort of player, and, and Chloe, I don't know whether you've seen much of the Aziz Beic uh, oeuvre this season, but uh, is he the sort of player that could make it overseas, and is Turkey the right place for him, given that he's got a Turkish background? Well, I think given the Turkish background, uh, it's it's a great place for him to go. Um, I think you've always got a doubt about some overseas leagues in terms of their treatment of players and Turkey is one of those danger areas, danger countries where mm. you don't necessarily end up with all your money. And, mm. uh, I think Danny Vukovic might say a similar. Exactly, yeah. Vuka, uh, if you're listening, Vuka, we, we, we re thank you for your story a few years ago about the terrible things in Turkey, Kev, but I mean, is Bursaspor the sort of place he should be? Or is it hard to say? I, I think, you know, if he's going to be getting potentially Champions League football. He's uh, going to be playing in Europe. Mm. Uh, and he's playing Galatasaray apparently this weekend. Yeah, which you know he's going to be potentially playing up against Drogba. Mm. Uh, so, you know, in terms of glamour, huge step up. Uh, hopefully, you know, it all works out well for him and everything's sorted. But, you know, even uh, with the clubs that you might not expect to be too much problems, like uh, Eli Babalj mm. and his mm. issues with uh, a Red Star Belgrade, he ended up coming back because they never paid the final instalment of his uh, transfer mm. fee. And so. he looked a little stiff on the weekend. I think he just got off a plane. But uh, yeah. uh, I mean, Chloe, you know, when when players go overseas, I mean, everyone wants to play overseas. Everyone wants to play professionally, and I know that you want to play professionally too. Yes. So any professional clubs in the U.S. listening, Chloe Legazzo, top player, sign her up quickly. But I mean, do, I mean, the overseas dream. I mean, you've seen as footballers in the A League. 
you know, how do you view that sort of dream of playing overseas? Because it doesn't always work out. I mean, it does sometimes, but not all the time. Well, we've had a few players travel over to overseas, and mm. like Kaya Simons, our captain, travelled to America, and we had just an English transfer come over and play eight games of our season. So um, I know it's definitely a big dream, but it doesn't always work out. Like, mm. So... Yeah, I mean, I guess it, I guess it, it's very much a lottery of coach to club. Things can change as well when they're exactly. Over there. Well, you you don't really know where you're going, so unless you do your big research on mm. where you're going, mm. yeah. yeah. And Aziz has got a Turkish background as well, so I <laughs> guess so that, that's okay. That's a bit of an advantage having that, a Turkish yeah, background. Yeah, it's like if you went to an Italian club, at yeah. least you would have that feeling of kind of knowing. But yeah. No, the the, the, uh, the interesting, slightly concerning thing about uh, Beach going to Turkey is that um, although he represented uh, Australia at the EAFF. Um, there's some debate about whether they count as A-class internationals. Uh, well, if when... you saw the game, they don't count at all. They were, they were awful <laughs> yeah, games. C-class at the best. Uh, yeah, but um, when Rogic was, uh, when his transfer was going through to Celtic, uh, there was reports coming out of Scotland that the SFA didn't uh, regard... Uh, those matches that he mm. played in as being A-class internationals, which in, it meant you know they had to get special exemption for his mm. uh, work permit. But if you've not played in an A-class international, I don't think you're actually locked into the country yet. Mm. Uh, so technically, Turkey could possibly still get the, the clause into... But don't they already, already have an Aussie uh, left-back uh, that they claimed a few years ago? Um, Ersan... Um, oh, Gulak. Gulak, uh, is it? Gulam. Gulam. Gulam, yeah. yeah. Um, yes, he was left back, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, might have two then. Yeah, there you go. Um, but look, uh, we did predict around. this story about a month ago on au.442.com, just to let people know. We knew about this, we just didn't say anything. Um, but as is, Even good luck. when everybody denied it. That's right. Um, I think he's a terrific player, uh, Behic. Um, and it kind of similar to Catley in the way that he loves getting forward. Yep. And if you were playing against that sort of player, it's a real... Ding dong, because Difficult. they're pushing you back. You're trying to push them back as well. He's that, that type of player, isn't yep, he? Yeah, he is. He sure is. Um, I, I wish him all the best. But um, from a, the start of a career, which is, is sort of where as is as, is to his teammate Vince Screller, who's at the end of his career. Um, injuries destroyed him, mm. and he's retired in the last day or two. Um, we saw his last game in the A-League, which was his only ever game as a substitute, after over 200 games in Serie A including playing, I think, in his first game against Zidane uh, when he was at Juventus. Um, this is a guy who's played at a high level. He's played in two World Cups. Um, you might argue that the second World Cup was perhaps beyond him, but mm. the, certainly the 2006 World Cup, was he was at his peak. Played over 200 games in Serie A. That deserves a hell of a lot of respect. Chloe, your thoughts on Vinny Grella? Socceroo retiring now. He's great. Um, it's sad to see him retire, but obviously an injury is is something that you can't push past, but I don't know, it'll be a loss. Mm. Uh, and uh, Kev, uh, were you surprised at all when you heard the news? Mm. Or when you saw him <laughs> out there on the park, was it... I was surprised he actually made it onto the park, to be yeah. honest. Uh, and I think, you know, he fairly clearly, very soon, mm. yeah. realised that, yeah, I think he, he knew his time was up and it's yeah. time to hang up the boots. But to be fair, you know, since 2008, he's not played an awful lot of football full yeah. stop. Yeah. I mean, I was surprised that he actually played something like 36 games for Rovers. Mm. It didn't seem like anything like that. I thought, mm. you know, maybe a dozen. Mm. Well, uh, no one watches Rovers, that's why. <laughs> true. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, true I mean, yeah. his career effectively uh, pretty, going down, pretty yeah. much finished in 2008. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah. in all honesty. Uh, and you know, it was good to come back to the league and give it a sh- mm. give it a shot, but. Clearly, the body was uh, mm. long past Ten his years best. Tall. Yeah. yeah, and you know he's the sort of player where injuries do take a toll. Yeah. I mean, we saw him in his final game, and he was getting stuck in in the midfield, and he got hammered by Topper Stanley. And I think, I think he just felt that it, time was right. And look, I, I think he's a, he's been a terrific servant to the game. Almost 50 caps for the nation, mm. um, and he was one of the very first to go overseas in that era of you know the Bresciano's, and um, to have gone over and done what he's done in Serie A. Um, Serie A is. It's a tough place. It's definitely a great role model. Yeah, and um, sorry, uh, uh, (laughs) the boss just walked in. Um, Yeah, uh, I think it'll be a loss to our game, but hopefully we won't lose him completely. And uh, if he doesn't go back to Italy to live, hopefully he'll stay here. Um, And that that story actually sort of took the edge off the biggest story probably in the last few days, which is John Cosmina resigning. Yeah, I could have done without that, to be honest. Yeah. I'd stayed up till five o'clock in the morning watching FA Cup games, hoping for a nice, quiet Australia Day holiday, only to get woke a rude awakening for, with a phone call from Cathy Stone telling me uh, that Cosy had resigned an hour and a half ago and did I have any plans to put it online. Mm. So yes, I had to jump out of bed and get that online, but it came as a huge Just, just so people understand that Kevin works from his home. He's a freelancer. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he, he, he doesn't sleep in the office. Chloe, just so no, you know that. Okay. Often. Often, yeah. Often. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, look, Christmas massive story. Kind of the couch? Um, yeah. 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 Oh, the, the lovely couch. Or just, just under the desk. <laughs> we just feed him occasionally. <laughs> but um, yeah, look. Um, Huge story. It, it's totally so, unexpected. Look, I, I, I'm not convinced by uh, Greg Griffin as an owner. I've never been. Um, and uh, I think those issues, there are issues behind the scenes at Adelaide. I actually feel sorry for Cosy. You know, I think I think we've had we've had our differences with him, but I, I do feel sorry. He's been he's he's felt that he had to resign because he felt that he wasn't going to get the job. And Sydney, what happened with him as well? He was obviously coaching your club, yep. Chloe. Um, uh, his number two has taken over, uh, Michael Valkanis. Kev, uh, where do we go from here with Adelaide? The fans aren't happy. I don't know. I mean, I think there's still a lot of questions that need to be answered, uh, like why Caravella was released, why Van Dyke was so unhappy when he'd rather live in Indonesia than Adelaide. Uh, the exodus out of the club, the erratic results, uh, there's a lot of questions needing answered. And, you know, I don't know if it was Cosmina's uh, influence that was driving Caravella and Van Dyke out or if it was other pressure from mm. within. Um, until we know that, it's it's kind of hard to, to point the finger of blame and say whether things are going to improve. Uh, I think Cosmina's a good guy. Mm. Slightly mental. Mm. Yeah, I think he'd be the first to admit it. Uh, but he's a character. He is. He's a, he's a great yeah. personality. And he'd shown this season especially that he'd learned a lot in coaching terms mm. from his days at Sydney. He'd, he'd advanced, he'd matured, he'd developed. Okay, let's not forget that they, they got to the quarterfinals of the Asian Champions League, which you guys will be playing in next season, <laughs> yes, by the will. way. Very excited. We're going to talk about that in a second. He got them to the quarterfinals. They did really well. They almost got through. Yeah. And they, they're in fourth spot. I yeah. mean, it's not like the team was going downhill quickly. It's had a, actually quite a good season. It, it had a good start to the season, and then internal politics seemed to take over, uh, and it all started to unravel and I don't think 
you know, I can see Red slipping further down mm. the table. I mean, they yeah. had the, the chance to go top of the table. They're now in fourth place, uh, and I can see them slipping possibly out of finals contention. Yeah, I mean, it's a good little slip. club, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and they've got, they've had the, this, the squad they started the season with turned out to be probably one of the best squads. Yeah. But they've lost key players from yeah. that. They've lost momentum. They've had players being rotated out of position. Mm. The results been erratic as a and result. The fan, and they've, they've, they've got the fans offside down there the fans as well. Completely offside. I mean, yeah. the, the owners. Oh, it goes to me. To it goes back. Fans. It goes back to the owners. They yeah. just don't understand how to run a football. Club. I think they're more AFL oriented, to be honest. Yeah. And it's very disappointing because this is a great little club. Yeah. I mean, the, they have a, an ethos where they're trying to make a profit, uh, and they're trying to to uh, create a conveyor belt of, of mm. player sales to to fuel that profit, uh, and they don't seem to give a damn about mm. the, the fans mm. uh, and th- that's the most disheartening thing of mm. all you've got a, a loyal band of supporters there who have been th- with them through thick and thin those crowd figures have always been somewhere around eight to twelve thousand regardless mm. of the results on the pitch uh, and they are being completely disregarded by the the, the owners mm. uh, you have to look after your fans yeah, yeah absolutely you have to. Yeah. yeah absolutely i mean you look at the best clubs in the world, and I think the fans are always a key part of the Your the fans club. are what push you to do better and strive better. Yeah. yeah. And you'd have seen on the weekend with yeah. your fans coming to support you yeah. how, how important it is. It was very important for us, especially, and seeing the support from the Sydney fans was really good, and it pushed us further. So yeah. I don't know why a club wouldn't want to or would push their fans out of the way. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, mean, th- I think you're right. I think it's when you run a football club like a business um, and try to make a profit first... Uh, I think it's that's going the wrong way. Yeah. I think it's all yeah. about Definitely building. Going the wrong Wanderers way. are a great uh, example, and Sydney to a degree too. As Wanderers well. are probably the best example yeah. to see. The RBB is just magnificent. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. They, they've worked quite closely with the club. Uh, I mean, yeah. they've fallen out at the moment over the flares thing, but even <laughs> still, they're still trying to work with each other. Yeah, you look at. Um, Victory. They have also worked quite well yeah. with the fans. There's been issues where, but they've know, worked through them. But they've tried to work yeah. through them, and yeah. you know they've had players like you know Muskie turning up in bars afterwards and buying people drinks and yeah. sitting with them in the stands. That's the kind but of. But he needs bonding. friends, you see. That's <laughs> you know, that's that's why he does it. No, are we only joking, Muskie? We love you. Meat to him <laughs> to break legs. Um, we love Muskie. But yeah, you know you've got to have that symbiosis. You've oh. got to have that relationship with your fans. You can't refuse to even meet them as mm. Adelaide are now doing yeah. you know the fans we've got a story in this morning the fans are looking for a fans forum uh, with the ownership to discuss the issues that are facing them mm. silence from the club and I should also say that, that for me the best example locally is Western Sydney Wanderers overseas you look at Borussia Dortmund who have 25,000 hardcore fans at one end of the, the ground we're doing a feature on them for the next issue it's amazing what they do with their fans and uh, yeah it, um it's very disheartening. But finally, the big story of the weekend was, of course, Marco Rojas, who had a big audition for some big clubs, and the little man made a big impression because he basically scored two goals. You could say he scored two. Oh, yeah, with that. Um, yeah. And you were saying Rojas, we were saying Rojas before how good he is, and you would have seen the game on TV, not live. But yep. um, uh, Kev. You look at Rojas, you know, is he ready now to go overseas or is it a case of waiting another season or is it a case of just if an offer comes in, you go? He's not liable to be playing first-team football at Liverpool or UEA, is he? Realistically... Or would he be loaned out? Uh, realistically, I don't think he's, he's going to be forcing his way into the, the first team just yet. Um, 
Which is unfortunate because I think he, he probably could do a job for any team that took him. Mm. Uh, if, I think he's the kind the of Spanish player, or Dutch league. I, I think if any, if he's given a challenge, he's the kind of player that will step up and try and reach meet the the challenge and play to the level mm. that's required of him. Uh, I think the the issue before was with the the previous coach at uh, coaches at Victory. He wasn't getting that G up to, to yeah. stand up and actually yeah, show absolutely. his ability. Uh, and just come in and basically told him, look, just show us what you can do. Mm. And he has. Uh, and I think he would do the same for any club that signed him. Mm. Um, I think from Victory's point of view, they must be desperate to try and tie him down to mm. you know another deal. Whether or not he actually sees a deal out would be irrelevant. Because mm. he could if, go in the next transfer window, couldn't he? Yeah, in well, in he January can, of he next can, year. No, he can walk out the club at mm. the end of this season. Uh, with nothing mm. if they can time down to any kind of contract whatsoever they'll get money in he'll still make that move mm. and I think if a club overseas pays hard cash for a player and pays a decent amount they will use him far more than if uh, he goes for free mm. if somebody walks into the club and they've not paid anything for him they're just not going to treat him with the same respect mm. and they're still not going to be they're just not going to get him into the first team as quickly mm. Uh, it's, I think it'd be in his interest and the club's interest for him to sign a new contract. No, necessarily any intention of actually seeing it through, but it'd be good for both of them in the long run. And also potentially he could play in the All Stars game against Man United, potentially against Liverpool as well. Really, kind of show what he can do on the big stage later on in the year with the World Cup qualifiers for New Zealand as well. How yeah, he, how he goes. I mean, you, you've watched him, of course, in yeah. the in the A League, and we've we've said that you're a similar type of player to him. Um, do you see him as, as being potentially you know, the next big superstar out of a country that doesn't really produce that sort of player? Yeah, well, I definitely see him as potentially being a superstar, but maybe further down the line. Mm. Um, maybe he should start off with some smaller clubs and then yeah. proceed to big clubs in the APL and stuff like that. I mean, I think, I think a smaller Spanish club would be ideal for him. You know, like not one of their big two, but maybe one of the, the medium-range clubs. And I know you've been to Spain, Kev. I think that would suit him ideally, make a name for himself if he plays. But like Ned Zelich told me this week, it's, it's the key thing for him is the coach in the club that he goes mm. to. And is the coach the right coach for him, and is the club the right environment? Anyway, there we have it. We'll be back in part three to discuss the mighty W League Grand Final with a Grand Final winner. Chloe Legazzo. Buying a car is a big commitment. You need to make sure you have the right car at the right price before you sign on the dotted line. So the best thing to do before you buy a car is log on to the Behind the Wheel website. At behindthewheel.com.au, you'll find dozens of unbiased and independent new car reviews. Browse by different manufacturers and find exactly what's right for you. While you're at behindthewheel.com.au, check out the latest car industry news, read motorcycle reviews and news, and pick up some handy road safety tips too. Don't sign anything until you visit behindthewheel.com.au The new issue of 442 is on sale now, featuring a world-exclusive one-on-one interview with Man United's Rio Ferdinand. We catch up with high-flying soccer Brett Holman and Western Sydney's marquee man Shinji Ono. Our secret interviews and player poll lifts the lid on what UK professional football is really all about. And get ready for your new season with 442 Performance's pre-season training guide. If you love football, you love 442. Buy it today at the App Store, Google Play, Zinio, or your local news agent. Back to 442 Insider. Welcome back to part three of the 442 Insider podcast with and our special guest, Chloe Legazzo, who um, 
He's just won the W League Grand Final with Sydney FC. We should say congratulations. Um, we don't have a medal there. We don't have a trophy, but we did see the game and we know that you won it. Um, Chloe, just talk us through the last sort of few days since you got back and the sort of media coverage that you had and, and how the girls have sort of reacted to, to being champions. Well, we caught a flight back on Monday from Melbourne and as soon as we arrived, we had Channel 10, a few other channels um, videotaping us, recording us and getting some info about how the game was and how Were you we surprised when you saw that? Yeah, well, we didn't really know that they were there until we landed off the plane and our coach goes, girls were like, you're going to have some media coverage, be prepared. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of stole at us, so yeah. that was all right. Did you enjoy that? I did. It was, it was really interesting for me because I've never had anything like that before, so it was good. But the girls are kind of settling back into now the W League's over and everyone's recovering from the game, all the bruises are starting to show, but mm. it's all worth it. Let's talk about that game because it was, uh, I think it was, it was a terrific game. Some great goals. Um, we talked earlier just off air about the three four three that uh, yeah. Victory played, which is very unusual. I mean, Ken, mm. you don't see a three four three quite very often. No. Nope. Occasionally, teams will go to a three four three during a game, but yeah. they won't. They generally don't start with a three four three. But you were you were up against you obviously on the right side of a attack. You were up against Catley. Yeah. Um, you were saying your instructions were basically to block her from get, getting forward yeah. and then get forward yourself. And you exactly. made some fantastic runs down the right hand side, Chloe. Thank you. Um, pace you know, quality. Um, were you happy with your performance? I was. I just really wanted to finish the game. Unfortunately, I couldn't with with my calf injury, but, you know, just that's how the game goes. Mm. And playing at Amy's, uh, Amy Park, is it Amy Park or Amy Stadium? I'm not sure. Amy Park. Amy Park. Amy Park. Yeah. Um, 24 hours after an A-League game, and the pitch still looked beautiful. Oh, it was absolutely amazing, yeah. the pitch. It was beautiful. It's the best pitch I've played on so far in the W-League. So. It's a sensational stadium, Amy mm. Park, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Have you been there before to play? Not Amy Park, no. Yeah. So well, that was... Tell us about the inside of the stadium well, and what it's all like. It's, it's very... It, it's smaller than I thought it actually was, but it's overwhelming. It's really amazing. Mm. And when you walk out of the tunnel, the Victory fans would have been to your left. Yeah, and um, our, our Sydney fans were to our right. Yeah, so you would have heard the Victory fans first. Yeah, well, the Cove, the, the Victory fans were huge. Their support came out in couple of hundreds actually mm. Mm. so it was overwhelming yeah mm. and crowd of uh, over 4,000 for the game um it, yeah it was one of those games where you look at victory and you look at them and you go oh they play great football but are they effective you you played effective football I thought yeah um, and you've got Sam Kerr and Kai Simon who are kind of like yeah you know they you know they're going to score goals yeah um were you happy at half time with the way the game was going what, what did Stadge say at halftime, Stadge was pretty happy with how our performance went. Um, he had a few things to say at halftime about our defence and not for us to slack off in the mm. second half, which unfortunately it did. But, um, yeah, he was kind of happy with our performance. We were doing what we were told to do and what we trained about. And, yeah, it, it was effectively working really well for mm. us. And, and playing against Catley, who's the rising star of Australian football, Steph Catley, I mean, a really, she's more like a wing-back to me. Yeah. Um, uh, the instructions were to obviously block her runs as much as you can or let her lay off the ball inside yeah. so she doesn't make uh, too many runs forward. Too but many she, runs didn't, forward, yeah. she, she made one or two. Um, how, did it all go, how did it all go for you, do you think? Well, I think I did pretty well with holding her off. You know, she did make a few forward runs and get a few balls into the box, mm. and she's well, one of, or is the uprising player of mm. Australia, and she did really well in the game, and it was hard to defend against her. It mm. always is, and 
Yeah, I should say that uh, Chloe is bringing the average age of the podcast right down this week, which is really good to see. Um, but your energy levels are fantastic, and your, your, the crossing and some of the, the pace that you had was terrific, Chloe. And, um, uh, you know, the, the last part of the game, um, particularly Kaya's cross to, to Sammy, uh, you, know, you kind of felt that that was, you know, that was it. Yeah. Um, the celebration. You got to talk through this celebration. Uh-huh. Has Sammy's answered so many questions since that game about the celebration? Yeah, she has. Well... <laughs> As you guys might have known, she tried to do it two years ago and it didn't really pull off. But for her to do it in the grand final and her pull it off has just boomed. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't know she was going to do it, actually. And even she didn't know she was going to do it until she scored. So we were all surprised with what she did. And yeah. it was just for her to do that, it kind of lifted us up because mm. to see her energy levels yeah. just was I, crazy. I've never seen a more acrobatic uh, there's a great shot in the City Morning Herald on the weekend, which we also running on from Getty Images of of her in a perfect uh, sort of arc. Um, absolutely. That's self-taught as well. She self-taught herself how to do there that. There you go. You know, um, and of course she is the sister uh, of uh, Daniel Kerr from the West Coast Eagles. That's right. Yeah. 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 Um, you really uh, the last, you know, obviously with the red card as well to uh, Ryder Hooley. Um, you kind of it looked like you were going to win it. You had it in the bag. Um, was there any nerves at all towards the end there? There was towards the end. It was um, a long, it was only four minutes, was it? Yeah. Well, before Kai scored the goal we and before Sam scored her goal, actually, we kind of did go through a, um, a collapse of like our players just booting the ball up and us not keeping possession. Yeah. So that was a very stressful part of the yeah. game. But after Sam scored and Kai scored the penalty, it kind of settled down. Mm. But that four minutes was like the longest four minutes <laughs> of my life. <laughs> And and just talk us through how it felt uh, when the the referee blew the whistle and, and you know you won and the, the fans are going crazy and then the bench was off. Just talk us through those moments. Uh, it was just amazing. It was surreal actually. I couldn't believe that the game was over and it was actually over. I thought just back to like the start of the week when we did our first training session and our coach sat us down and talked us through it all. And I can't believe it was already over and the game was already won and I just wanted to run but I couldn't mm, so mm. <laughs> I know I hobbled around everywhere <laughs> but it was just amazing and as you say uh, the the tactical uh, improvement in the W League has been phenomenal I mean with all due respect the first season it was a kick and rush a lot of teams were running out of puff after about 60 minutes it was just yep. running and then it's slowing down but now you look at some of the teams as you say there was a tactical analysis of how you break down victory um, yep. just talk us through Stadge's words during the week um, well we were trying to focus more on um, their key players in victory, so Catley and McDonald and their little centre mid. Petra Larson. Yes, Petra Larson, yeah, yeah, the blonde. Yeah. yeah, well, we just focused on shutting them down. The as pink look-alike, I think, yeah, with the hair, yeah. exactly. Um, we just tried to shut them down as most as possible because they were their key players that did play really well in the, during the season, so they do play very good football and mm. stag- praises them on that and how mm. they keep the ball and stuff like that so we just worked really hard on trying to shut them down and we changed our whole formation and the formation we well it wasn't a formation we we've always played but mm. it was so different and we learned how to adapt to their playing in just one week and mm. I commend our girls for that mm. and Stadge as well who uh, I think has done a, two W League grand final winning yep. uh, you know games for him as well a terrific coach so where to now for you Chloe and, and the rest of the team um, well, some of the girls, I'm not sure about them, but some of the girls do want to go overseas or stay here because we've got the under-20s camps coming up for us. So, mm-hmm. um, And you're in it, I believe? Yes. Yeah. So uh, we're kind of advised not to go overseas, so we're going to stay here and mm. do like a 
a program for the under 20s mm. so just train and go to camp and just kind of have a chilled season until mm. the W League starts again. Mm. It's a long off season. I mean, you talk about the A League at a long off season. This this is uh, phenomenally long. It is. It's, it's yeah. almost it's, it's not right. It's just yeah. not normal. It's what nine months. Yeah. That's yeah. that's outrageous. Really yeah. Nice. I mean, you'll get over w your injury. You're never gonna. Yeah. You're never gonna get stay peak fitness. Yeah. Or improve, and you yeah. want to improve. I know. Yeah, that. exactly. Um, so you were saying you were told not to go overseas, or advised um, not to we're go overseas. I kind of advised not to go overseas due to how many camps were coming up mm. with under twenties. So. Right. Um, like we've got camp almost once a month or every two months. Mm. So mm. we're kind of advised just to stay here, train with the team, get to know each other really well, prepare mm. for the Asian Cup and everything. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I suppose if you're getting regular camps, then that's yeah, something at yeah. least. Yeah, uh, at least the, the, hopefully they'll also pay you for these camps, so you know you know you're not out of pocket as well, <laughs> which is a, a bigger issue, I think, which we'll probably spend an entire podcast discussing. Um, but what is interesting is that you've now qualified for the. Uh, well, it, it's the Asian Champions League, is yep. that right? Yeah, it is. Um, but that's the one that they play in Tokyo, is that right? Where yes. You play, it's like a Club World Cup. Yeah, so clubs from all around just yeah. come and we and play Canberra each other. played in it this Canberra season. Canberra played in it, yeah. Yeah, so how exciting is that? I'm very excited. Uh, I'm like over the moon to go over there. Yeah, great. Yeah. Well, maybe we can go to Japan. Uh, when, when did Canberra play in that? They played during the middle of the season. I think it's one of the reasons why they, they didn't have a great season was that yeah, they, they played, went to. Yeah, they actually played during the season, so we had to alter. Um, the table so they could go over, play, mm. and then come back and mm. play during the week for a W. Like a club world cup. That completely. Yeah. Well, sorry, <laughs> yeah. Kevin. I mean, you've got other things uh, to to focus on, but um, yeah, I, I still think that, that affected myself. them. That yeah. definitely did affect them. Yeah. Well, they played a you know, top you German some side. massive disruption in your season. Mm. I mean, I remember Sydney did that with yeah. the Club World Cup. It's exactly the same. Yeah. It's in Tokyo as well, yeah. which is good. But, I mean, you played good Japanese clubs plus a German club they played this mm -hmm. year, and you might have the same. Yep. Um, so that's going to be a great experience for you oh, guys. Oh, it's going to be great. Yeah. Another chapter in the Chloe Legazzo story. Yeah. Napoli fan, Maradona fan. Now you're getting your own fans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's terrific. Well, look, um, you know, we want to congratulate you massively, not just you, but the whole team. I think it's been a terrific uh, um, season for you guys. And look, to be honest, look, I'll be honest, I thought Brisbane might might sneak it with the way Tamika Butt was playing. But yeah. um, in the end, you got the result up there. You got revenge on them, didn't you? It was exactly. There was revenge in the air. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, were you, I mean, what was your take on that whole thing of revenge after 12 months of the uh, the uh, the controversial game up there? Yeah. Well, it was definitely revenge or just. I don't you know, hate everyone. Them, don't you? You hate uh, Brisbane Raw. I don't know. It's just a good contest to, to go up against them all the time. It's always good to have someone to have mm. a really big conflict against. Mm. So um, having them is really good, mm. especially them having a like a really high class team mm. is also really good. But I wouldn't say hate. I'm putting words word. in your mouth, and I know that it's terrible, isn't it? We shouldn't do that. <laughs> but I should say that if 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 they do want to break the W League Grand Final crowd record, Western Sydney Wanderers versus Sydney FC mm -hmm. next season. Yeah, ten, yeah. fifteen thousand at least. Yeah, that'll be great. Well, look, that's it's great to talk to you, Chloe. We'll we'll, we'll see you in the next segment, but uh, we'll see you in the next segment where we will talk about the A League coming up this weekend. See you soon. You can now shop online at behindthewheel.com.au. Just go to behindthewheel.com.au and click on Our Shop, where you can find a wide range of auto accessories, from tools to audio, gadgets you didn't even realise you needed. You'll find them all at the Behind the Wheel Shop. For unbiased car reviews, the latest car news, and now online shopping, go to behindthewheel.com.au. Check out our shop now at behindthewheel.com.au. Psst. 
Interested in getting dozens of leading business experts helping you for free? No, you're not dreaming. You heard us right. Dozens of Australia's leading business experts in your office, your car or on your phone 24-7 every day with tips, comments, discussion and simple ideas to help you make your business a success. Get your business on track with the right advice. Go to businesssuccessradio.com.au and click the Listen Live button. Business Success Radio. Your business, your radio. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Welcome back to the final part of the 442 Insider podcast with Chloe Legazzo and Kevin Ayres. Publisher Andy Jackson is currently somewhere in North Queensland or on a plane somewhere, but uh, we'll crack on with the final part of today's podcast. And it's uh, a preview of, of this weekend's games. Um, round 19, correct, Kevin? I think it is. It is. Uh, boy, the season's going so quickly. Um, last and leg. Yeah, we went to the last section of the A-League uh, in terms of, you know, thirds you could say and um, uh, it starts uh, on Friday night I believe uh, with Brisbane Raw hosting Central Coast Mariners in a, a game that in the last few seasons has been massive well you know last couple of seasons this would be a season decider yeah. a title decider not this year no um, what's your take Kevin on, on, on Raw's supposed um, upturn in form after last week. Central Coast Mariners, of course, uh, just ticking along brilliantly, really. Um, a big crowd. I think they're going to donate a lot of money to the flood victims up there, which has been a terrible week up there. Providing anybody can actually get it into the stadium, given the... Uh, yeah, we've seen some pictures floods. tweeted uh, about the, the water around Suncorp, which is famously was, was flooded the last time they had uh, uh, you know, you know, rainstorms up there. But you know, that aside, the game itself, should, I don't think it should be a great game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it. it should be uh, it should be entertaining. Um, I'm not sure if the uh, the new striker is going to get his clearance to his potentially start this one. Mm-hmm. If he does, be good entertainment. See what he's like. See, uh, but yeah, I think it should be a good game. Um, Roar are definitely on the road back to more what we're used to seeing from them for the past couple of seasons. They're not there yet, though. Uh, mm. Still, well, they've still got an awful lot of work to do. Mm. Um, but uh, Mariners bounce back remarkably well from Rogic exit. Uh, be good to see if Mitchell Duke can find any more goals in the, the closet. Mm. Uh, and yeah, uh, I think it's McGlinchey's uh, season is going to be. I think McGlinchey is going to be the key to the, the rest of mm. their season. Yeah, he's uh, had a standout season, hasn't he? He has. I mean, he's been working in Ro- uh, Rogic's. Uh, he doesn't get Ro- a lot of publicity Rogic's. as well. He's one of those players who just sneaks yeah, under the radar. Yeah, he, he was working in Rogic's shadow uh, for the early part of the season. With Rogic not there, I think he is going to come into his own, mm. and he's going to get a lot more of the spotlight as a result, probably from opposition teams as well. The, uh, he's he's an easy player to target because he's, he's substantially slighter than uh, what Rogic was. Mm. Uh, but he is also very nimble, quick, and uh, good feet. So, uh, you know, he can uh, possibly dodge uh, burly centre backs' mm. attention. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. And the interesting thing about the A League right now, Clary, and I think you know, you look at the table; it's it's sort of split into two, really. You've got four yeah. teams that you would probably say three of those four teams certainties for the finals. Yeah. Adelaide, they might still by dint of the fact that they've got 32 points so far, they could still sneak in. But then you've got this huge gap between 4th uh, and 5th, you know, 32 points 
in fourth and 22 points in fifth. So you know, it's very much a battle now uh, from five to ten for those last two spots. And you know, even even Wellington, you know, if they got on a run, they could even sneak into six. Oh, look, it's the, the fact open. that Sydney are in contention says all. To be honest, I mean yeah. they have had a horrific season, and the fact that they sorry, Chloe, but we have to say that it's no, but it's, it's true. Yeah, yeah. you can't deny it. This team have had a dreadful season, given what you know they've, they've had to work with, uh, and the fact that they are in contention shows. Personally, I think how poor the bottom half of the table is. On Twitter on uh, Sunday, I, I got a bit of flack for saying that the quality of the W League final was greater than 80 to 90% of the, the, the men's league. And I think it, I, I may have overstated it slightly. 60%, I think, is probably more accurate. Um, but I think that that is true. You know, the, yeah. the W League has come on leaps mm. and bounds, the quality of the actual football being And they've played. done it on a shoestring. Yes, we have. Yeah. But... In the men's league, I would say this, with the exception of the, the top three or four teams, worst season in years there uh, you have it. for quality, there you have in it. my opinion. Um, and uh, speaking of uh, worst season in, in years, Wellington Phoenix host Perth Glory, uh, both having shocking seasons, but uh, uh, you know, Glory obviously the, the long trip uh, to, to Auckland this time, not, not to Wellington, to Auckland. Uh, and there is a little bit of talk that perhaps uh, an Auckland team, there's a little bit of a rumour that an Auckland team could still get in the A-League. I'm not sure whether that would work, given what's happened with uh, the New Zealand Knights uh, some years ago. But Wellington host Glory in Auckland um, on Saturday, to start Saturday off. Um, and I think Wellington will be looking at this game and thinking, well, you know, this is a chance to really kickstart our season again. Again. Uh, we've said that before. Again. Um, yeah, Kev, do you, do, you, do you sense that this could be one of those really dull games where two out-of-form sides just slug it out? Or is there, is, is there something else to this one? I think everything about this game is going to be awful, to be honest. The, the, the crowd's going to be A big hello awful. to Auckland, if you're listening. <laughs> it's going to be awful. The crowd's going to be awful. Phoenix are going to put in a doer-fighting performance. Perth are going to do put in a doer-fighting performance. And I think, yeah, I think... The crowd will be smaller at the end than it was at the start with people killing themselves in boredom. <laughs> yeah. Well, Chloe, as you probably noticed, Kevin likes to sort of hold back his opinions a lot <laughs> on this show. I can see that. But I tell you, look, I mean, it cannot be any worse than, than the New Zealand Knights. I mean, I went to, to, uh, to uh, some of their games and, and there was, you know, 1,100 fans there at this massive stadium. I'm not sure whether it was Eden Park where they used to play, but... Um, <laughs> It can't be any worse than that. The consolation of small crowds is that empty seats can't boo. Mm. Um, so there you go. Uh, prediction. Sorry, we'll just get a prediction uh, from, from everyone here, firstly for Brisbane Raw and Central Coast. 2-0 Mariners mm-hmm. for that, and 1-1 Phoenix Glory. Chloe, do you, do you care to sort of sit into the tipper's chair and just sort of uh, tip these two results? We'll just start with Brisbane Raw and Central Coast. Um, probably 2-1 to Central Coast. Oh, there you go. Because Brisbane always have a fight to come back. And yeah, yeah. So I, I, I actually, I, actually, I'm going I'm to go with Chloe on this one. 2-1 to, to the Mariners. Just um, as an aside, uh, Bubs is an official mum. Oh, there you go. Aww. You heard it here first. C-section, breach, Bubs squared, doing fine. I'll be completely relaxed. Aww. There you go. Just wow. Finally. Yep. She was there on the weekend. 
Yeah. Quick to burst. Well, yeah. she's, she's a true believer. I yeah. mean, I'm surprised. That, um, she'll probably be training tonight, I'd say. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. With the bar. Like to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great news. Um, I've lost. I didn't know what I was going to say. Now, that's completely stumped me, Kev. Um, tip for Wellington and Perth Glory, Chloe? Yeah, I was going to say it's either going to be a new all draw or mm. a one all draw. I'm going, to, I'm going to go for a one-all draw as well, and I'm going, to, I'm going to go for a couple of red cards on this one as well. Yeah, yeah they're definitely going to fight death. it to the death. Jacob Burns, Manny Musker, it's got red cards written all over it. Saturday, your boys um, yes. in the A-League go to Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is always a great game. I think Newcastle yeah. hosting Sydney. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind getting up to Newcastle, having a little coffee on Merriweather Beach before the game. Kev, can I tempt you? You're a big fan of Merriweather Beach, aren't you? Uh, massive fan. Chloe, come in the car if you want. I'm going to go up and see the game. Definitely. Um, yeah, this is a very interesting game. Um, two marquees, Del Piero and Heskey, both in pretty good form. Um, the Griffiths brothers, of course. That's an interesting mm-hmm. subplot to this game. Uh Chloe, how do you see this game panning out in terms of Sydney FC's? I mean, they're missing Thiago now, Fabio, Mo looks like he's going to be out for a little while, so it's going to be tough. Yeah, um, I kind of have to be biased here because I am from Sydney, but I do want Sydney to win, so I was going to say just one nil mm. to Sydney. Okay, um, Kev, I mean the Jets um, are a bit up and down this year, but I, I think I think they're starting to come good. Um, at the right time of the season. Whether or not they can make the six is hard to say. Um, Heskey looks to be in fairly good form. Yeah, well, I think Dutchie seems to finally have decided what his best living players are and stopped rotating and stopped Mm. experimenting uh, and giving players like uh, Goodwin the head and just letting them get on with it. Uh, So there is the nucleus of a really good squad there, a Mm. young squad. It's it's not finished Mm. yet. But, um, yeah, I can see them doing some damage to Sydney, to be honest, given that they've got their injury problems again. Uh, so I can see a 2-1 win for the Jets potentially here. Mm. Um, I think the interesting subplot is going to be all three Griffiths boys on the pitch for the first time ever, I think, probably since uh, their backyard mm. football days. And, and one will be marking the other, I think. Yeah. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Joel... No, sorry, I'm getting, I'm getting no. my Griffiths brothers confused here. Ryan will uh, be marked by Adam. Will be marked by Adam, that's right. Yes. And at corner kicks maybe Joel will go up as well so yep. all three will be together yep. it's quite remarkable it's crazy yeah. Yeah. if they all if they all play of course they've got to go get, yeah. get through a week of training but th- this is always a great game I, mean, I went up a few years ago when they played a finals game up there I think under Terry Butcher and atmosphere up there they love it when you uh, when Sydney come to town um, and I think the Cove like to travel up there as yeah. well um, and I, I think this will be a real entertaining game back then it was still cold on F3 Derby yeah. without people getting upset about it yeah. No, it's only one F3 derby. Yeah, so what, I don't know what they call this one, but uh, it's a New South Wales derby anyway. Now, look, I'm, I'm going to tip a 2-2 draw. I think it'll be a really entertaining game. I think a Del Piero girl might be ch- chucked in there. I reckon 15,000 will turn up for this one as well. So uh, tips, guys. So, Kev? 2-1 uh, Jets. 1-0 Sydney. Ooh, I'm going to go for 2-2 draw, so we're all different on that one. Um, and that's uh, on Saturday at 5.30. And following that is the Melbourne derby. Oh, That'll be Cracker. a good game. Cracker. Mm. Love it. It's um, it's at Etihad Stadium, according to this. Is that right, Kev? Um, yeah, I think it probably will be. They're obliged to play X number of games there, there this season. Go. Yeah, well, then I think they could beat the 26,000 that they had last time mm. if it's at Etihad. Um, I was at the first one of the season at Etihad when uh, Hart absolutely rolled victory, I thought. 42,000 were there. Great wow. atmosphere. Great game. Dodgy pitch. Hopefully the pitch is a little better. Um, victory. 
You know, they're coming into this game on the high. Hart, a real low after last week. Hard to pick this one, though. Nah, I don't think it is, to be honest. I think Victory are going to romp home in this one. Mm. Uh, this one could be 3-0, I think. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. Mm. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. I think Victory are just beginning to hit the straps. We, have, we might not even yet have seen the best of them, to be honest, mm. this season. Uh, and Melbourne Hart aren't. The way the reason why I say hard to pick is because Hart play well against the victory style of game, and it's a similar kind of thing in the W League. The way they play, they 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 actually I think suit playing against a team like like Victory, and that's mm-hmm. why I think it might be a little bit closer than three yeah. 0 I still think Victory will win. I think it will be a close game due to they're both Melbourne teams, and you know you always want to beat your bigger brother basically. So yeah, mm. and I think it's that, always unpredictable playing a team. So like mm. Sydney playing Wanderers, it's always mm. unpredictable. I think almost like a one-off grand yeah, final, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think the, the first match of the season between the two of them gave an, unf- uh, an unfair comparison, to be honest. Victory were in transition. Mm. Uh, and to be honest, there were still shambles at that stage with Ange not quite uh, making his a direction clear to his players. We're well beyond mm. that now. Mm. Uh, Victory and they had know a different what, goalkeeper back then as yeah, well. Victory know what they're doing. Everybody knows the jobs. Everybody knows where the, the, they're expected to be at all times. The partnerships have been developed. It could be a clinical destruction, this one. Wow, there you go. So any tips here, guys? Sounds like, Kev, you're tipping a 3-0. 3-0. Yeah? Yep. Chloe, your thoughts on this one? Is this going to be a whitewash? One. It could be, or it could just be an even game. I just, I just think Hart, you know, they, they always play well against teams like Victory because they've got the sort of players and the setup to play well against that kind of game where they'll press high. And, and they'll, real press, they'll really put a lot of pressure on victories playing out from the back, mm. especially if the pitch is a little bit dodgy like it was in the, in the yeah. first round where players were slipping. They were. Yeah. And it was difficult to play out from the back. But I, I agree. Look, I th- victory I are 100 times better than they you were know, at the start I, I of the season. I think on a, a level playing field, victory would be still railroading hard, but with the absence of Beige uh, mm. as well. Uh, I mean, he really was... So he has actually gone now. He's... Yes, I think so he, he doesn't has. go after this weekend. No, no, I think he's gone. There you go. He's he's away already. Yeah. Uh, with him not there, uh, he was a real attacking force yeah. as, and you know good defender as well. But it, the attacking impetus that he brought to the side was really really important. Without that mm. there, uh, even with Babalj back and having had a decent sleep before this match, mm. uh, I think without the service coming in from the wings that uh, BH offered before. He's not going to be the player uh, immediately. He's not going to be the player that uh, mm. we, we knew him f- uh, from pre- previous season. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, the, the round ends on Sunday with a very interesting tie in, in, in Adelaide. Uh, United host Western Sydney Wanderers. Um, Adelaide, an interim coach in Michael Valkanis. Wanderers on an absolute high and looking to continue their form. Um, this sort of ends the round, and, and it's really hard to pick this one because when a new coach comes in, Chloe, you know, it's it's hard to get a reading on how the, how the players are going to react, whether they were pro Cosy yeah. or against Cosy, or whether Valkanis is the man for the job. Um, I mean, I saw Wanderers play Adelaide at the start of the season, and, and it was they, it was it was tough to watch and. Uh, they didn't have that attacking emphasis that they've got now. I think Wanderers have definitely yeah. stepped up. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and all they need to do is continue doing what they're yeah. doing. Yeah. Um, I think there's going to be a fascinating encounter, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, it's very, very unpredictable. I would, uh, even with Cosy there and some sort of continuity, I'd be backing Wanderers for mm. this one. Yeah, I'm backing Given the Wanderers way that too. they would play. As uh, a Sydney FC player, backing Wanderers. 
FC Bayern. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to say, I'm back wonders on this one. Yeah, look, I think they're just, they've got this momentum right now that's just unstoppable. And, uh, um, you know, they want to take it into their next home game. I think they've got two home games coming up after that. So yeah, I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see what Volcanus does with the Reds, though, to be honest. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing that uh, Adelaide and I are talking about, there is a possibility of Sergio van Dijk coming back to the club. I mean, that's just mental. Well, he's just moved into his new home in Indonesia. Well, he's got to move out now. You know, if, Give back the keys to the landlord. So, sorry, I'm going back. It just you doesn't know, seem right. If, if that is a possibility, then the club was in a worse state than anybody ever realised, to mm. be honest. If it was just Cosmina driving Sergio out, somebody should have stepped in, surely, mm. at some stage, and you know, tried to prevent that from happening. Uh, if Sergio can come back uh, and get a first-team start, then that's great, because I think he mm. is one of the A-League legends, to well, be he honest. Should, he should never have been let go. No, he shouldn't. He's one of the greatest strikers the A-League's seen. Mm. Uh, he should never have ever been allowed to go. Uh, but, you know... It's a very screwed up club mm. for this to be happening. Uh, but it's it's a sign of the the um, instability that's mm. going on in there. And yeah, I think in, it's going to take a bit of time for the dust to settle. I can't see Volcanus successfully turning it around uh, mm. in that short of time. Mm. And given that Adelaide's results weren't that bad anyway, mm. um, I don't see him improving on field yet. Mm. It's, and I think it'll be interesting to see how many fans turn up because there's a lot of disquiet down there with the club. So this might be an interesting game in terms of the fan turnout. But look, I'm with you guys. Look, I think Wanderers are on a roll um, and I think they're unstoppable and I think they'll get at least a point, maybe three. So I'm going to tip, let's say, um, maybe 2-1 with Shinji Ono scoring. Yeah, I'll go 2-1 as well. Yeah. I'll go 2-0. There you go. Well, comprehensive. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll, no doubt it'll be an Adelaide win because our tipping has been awful this season. Um, well, look, that's it uh, for this week's 442 Insider podcast. The professional Andy Jackson will be back in the chair. I've just been filling in for the week. I hope you enjoyed the show. I want to thank Chloe Legazzo for coming in today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, guys. Great player. Follow the W League next season uh, with players like Chloe and, and loads of other players. Um, well worth watching. Kevin Ez, thank you for coming out and doing this again with us. I actually go to bed for this. Yeah, I appreciate you doing that. Simon, thank you for producing. <laughs> Hope you enjoy it's the hot. show. I know. <laughs> and thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.